Welcome to Video Marketing Mastery, everyone. I'm Sarah Gavin, Director of Operations and Executive Producer here at Wirebuzz. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you may recognize me from a few of my guest appearances over the years, but today I'll be hosting the show. I'll be talking with two of our video producers about how to manage long-distance client relationships and video productions. But first, a few housekeeping items. As a reminder, this is no longer Todd Hartley's Video Marketing Mastery Podcast. We are rebranding it to Todd's agency's Video Marketing Mastery Podcast. Todd is focusing on building his own personal brand this year, which includes creating content for his new podcast. He's also working on his book launch that's coming out this summer, so stay tuned for that. And he is also about to start his virtual selling boot camp that's starting in three short weeks. So if you're in sales, you should go to toddhartley.com to find out more information on what you'll learn on this incredibly valuable bootcamp and how to sign up. This podcast is now all about getting to know Wirebuzz as an agency, which means these episodes will be featuring your favorite Wirebuzz team members in a long form content where we go deeper into video sales and marketing than we ever have before. And if you're still in the dark about what marketing is, it means aligning your sales and marketing efforts to accelerate your revenue. Years ago, Todd was coined the OG marketer by HubSpot, which is how we came up with the name, because he was the first digital marketer they knew who used video to shorten the sales cycle. Okay, so let's get into today's topic, which is managing long-distance client relationships. Now, I think we can all agree that managing anything long distance can be really difficult. I myself was in a long distance relationship a few years ago, quite a few years ago, and it was definitely not easy. I mean, back then, Skype was the go-to communication platform, so that says a lot. Okay, but now we have many ways of communicating in long distances, and one of the best ways to do that is through video. Todd teaches the importance of using video in creating and building relationships. And we're going to touch on how we do that here at Wirebuzz and hopefully give you some more tips on how to use that in your business. All right, now speaking of video producers, let's do some quick introductions for our listeners. Joining me today are Wirebuzz rock star producers, Alicia Longo and Wesley Swift. No relation to Taylor that I believe. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's start with you, Alicia. Tell our listeners uh, about your career experience and a little bit about yourself and hobbies and what you like to do. Sweet. Thank you, Sarah. Hello. I'm Alicia Longo, video producer at Wirebuzz. Um, I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York. I moved out west because I could not stand the cold <laughs> and ended up getting my master's at Arizona State University at the Cronkite School. Um, which brought me to the desert. And I worked in television for a little while. I worked uh, with Arizona PBS on a food show called Plate and Pour. It was amazing. I love food, um, but decided to venture into video marketing. And so I have been with Wirebuzz ever since. I love my job. I love my teammates. Um, it's so special that I get to wake up and do what I love to do. Um, and on my free time, I am a full-time dog mom to my baby, Luna Tuna, aka Tuna Fish. Um, and I also have an unhealthy relationship with hot sauce. So I put it on everything. I can't eat food without it. Um, all that good stuff. Yep. She, she carries a bottle around it. with her, I think. <laughs> I do. My fridge is full of it. So, you know. Awesome. Thanks, Alicia. And yeah. Wesley, your turn. Yeah. Hey, I'm Wesley. I'm an Arizona native. Uh, like Alicia, I went to the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. 
uh, for about seven years, I was a television producer doing news and entertainment, uh, producing live and taped shows and segments. And after the year that was 2020, I decided to kind of refresh my career and go into more video marketing, uh, which is when I found Wirebuzz. Uh, and it's been great ever since. What I like to do in my free time is I still have that passion for television. So I binge it all the time these days. <laughs> and then balance that out with just being outdoors. We have a lot of great outdoor activities here in Arizona. Um, and then I joke that outside of work, I enjoy working. So I'm always tackling projects around the house and uh, I like to restore furniture too on the side. So I'm a very busy body. <laughs> Love it. I think we have three Cronkite alums here because I'm a Cronkite yes, alum. Yes, we do. Too. I think yes. we joke that we only hire Cronkite alums as producers. So that's exactly. not <laughs> you heard that. It's a prereq. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, and a few quick moments about me. I've been with Wirebuzz for about five years now. I actually lived overseas for a few years. Um, but yes, I got my degree from Cronkite back in the day in journalism as well. And yeah, lived overseas in London and Dubai and Scotland for about eight years, moved back to the Valley. And now I am a mama of a beautiful eight, nine month baby girl. So that's been a wild ride for me too. But my passion's always been in video telling stories. And when I found Wirebuzz, I knew that this was the place to be. So awesome. Thanks, gals. So yes. um, let's dive into today's topic. It's a fun one one we know a lot about. So um, Alicia, since you've been with Wirebuzz a little bit longer than Wesley, you remember probably back before COVID when we would travel a lot for shoots, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we, we traveled a lot. A lot. Um, so talk to me a little bit about how things were pre-pandemic for shoots and then how we have pivoted to more of a remote model. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, it was a different world. Um, yeah. you know, pre pandemic, of course. So, I mean, our clients are all over the country. Um, we even have like some clients overseas and in Canada. Um, so traveling was just always what came with the job. It was be, be prepared to travel. We have clients, you know, in the Bay area on the East coast, Midwest. Um, so it was always something that just was expected. Um, and, you know, to form those relationships, being on set with the client was always really special um, because mm -hmm. the relationship always started virtually, um, but ultimately you would meet them in person on set. So it just like, it helped form that bond and create that relationship of actually being with them in person. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm a people person, I'm a total extrovert. So actually having the opportunity to meet them in person is always something that I love most about actually being on set. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the pandemic happened and found its way to Scottsdale, Arizona and across the world. Uh, and I, we had to pivot. So um, thus came the conversations of what do we do next? I mean, how do we how do we handle this? What's our next steps? Um, and the, the conversation of virtual shoots came up and it was something that we had never done before, uh, but it was something we were willing to try and pivot and make happen. So, you know, we looked into gear, we looked into, you know, how can we get this to our clients? What's the best setup? Um, we created like a whole new process, um, essentially in our workflow, um, to try and make these happen. And they worked out successfully, and we're still doing them. And then once the vaccines came out, and people were, you know, more comfortable with travel, um, then we started to do things more in person. 
Um, and it's been great. It's been great to kind of have that hybrid, uh, you know, model. Um, you know, it, it presents opportunity um, as well for people who aren't ready to travel or be with people. So it works out. Yeah. And yeah, that's an interesting point too, because you're right. We do have some, a lot of clients are going back to wanting full on video shoots, which is great because that's what we love to do. But some are still opting in for that remote video production for a few different reasons that we'll touch on a little bit later. But it, it's interesting that we're kind of that hybrid model now. Um, talk to a little bit about how the process kind of grew and optimized. Cause I remember in the beginning we were somewhat scrambling. I think we were recruiting on zoom for a while and, and tell me, cause you ran a few more of these than I did. Um, talk, tell me how we kind of optimized throughout the, the time. Yeah, I, I think it came down to a lot of uh, internal trial and error um, and making sure that we had everything we needed to make sure that, you know, these virtual shoots were successful um, because a lot of the time we're working with doctors and KOLs and even even patients who have day jobs um, and need to fit this into their busy schedule. So it was it was crucial that we make sure this was almost bulletproof um, mm -hmm. to make sure that everything was going to go right the first time. Um, and that just relied on like our internal champions um, and us just running tests. I mean, we went through recording, possibly recording on Zoom to recording on QuickTime. Um, to ultimately recording on StreamYard, which has uh, been great to work with. But yeah, I mean, it came down to also linking up with our director of production and being like, hey, we need a list of equipment <laughs> that is easy enough for people to set up um, and not, you know, give people headaches. So we just went through and we created a list. We created, um, you know, process videos as well, um, process sheets for how to set things up. And then I would say a lot of it happens in the pre-production stage, of course, um, so, you know, I kind of let the client know, hey, here's what you can expect. Um, I'm going to send you a webcam that records in 1080p resolution. Um, I'm going to send you a really nice mic, uh, possibly a backdrop if it's needed um, and that sort of thing. So I kind of run them through what to expect. Um, you know, it's kind of like Christmas morning when they get all that free equipment. So which is great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I run them through everything to expect. And then we actually do run throughs, practice run throughs on StreamYard and all that stuff. So I mean, it just, it comes down to open communication and setting those expectations on what everyone should expect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Wesley, you joined us mid pandemic. So you jumped right into that virtual world. So tell us a little bit what that was like for you. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, I started at Wirebuzz in December of 2020. So at that point, I actually had about nine months of remote kind of production work. I was doing, I was in the news that year, quite the year to be in news, let me just say. Um, so I was producing newscasts from this room um, using an app on my phone to communicate to anchors and reporters and a slew of like technology I had around the house, an iPad, an old monitor, my laptop to create like a makeshift control room. And I think that that was really representative of just how 2020 was for so many different companies, it was just kind of like making it work. So Wirebuzz, I started basically at the start of 2021. And I think that that was a really pivotal time in the pandemic as it is, you know, we went from being in a situation where we're like, let's make it work to being in a situation where we're like, let's make this remote kind of lifestyle more viable because it might be sticking around even after things get better. So that thought, that process changed at the same time I was starting at Wirebuzz and uh, Wirebuzz had been doing a lot of remote work as it is. 
And I think that in the year 2021, it just got progressively better trying different things out um, and seeing what worked the best. And we continue to do that. Absolutely. And Wesley, you actually bring a very interesting point of view to this conversation because you've done Wirebuzz virtual production, sorry, but you've also worked in news, which was daily live productions. And that Mm -hmm. sounds just crazy. Um, So like, tell us some of the lessons you learned, I guess, from both sides, um, you know, like the live news, which is, I know, a grind nonstop each Mm -hmm. day to like the the Wirebuzz virtual shoots. Like, what did you learn that helped you be successful for these remote productions in, in either of those roles? Yeah, yeah. With news, like you said, it's a it's a day to day thing. So um, there's not a lot of finesse that goes into it. You're kind of making it work, um, making the puzzle pieces fit into this, you know, normally half hour time slot that you have, and um, and just meeting those times. It's very complicated. It's very restricted. Um, there's also like a, not a lot of creative freedom in it. So that's the, that's a big difference between that versus work at Wirebuzz is that we have a lot of time to, for the most part, unless a client has a rush on something, we have time to make it look good, put all the documents together, make sure the plan is perfect, everything is organized. And then we can have like a stellar, a stellar shoot, you know? Um, news, it's just like, boom, boom, get it done. You mess up. Oh, well, that happens. You just keep moving. And uh, that's just how it works. And so um, I guess with that, it kind of helped me learn to be very flexible with things. But the nice part about uh, doing these pre-planned shoots is that you can kind of foresee anything that might happen, uh, hopefully. (laughs) Of course, we always have to work around things. But yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for us, we usually put in a lot of pre-production for our shoots, no matter what, but I feel like the amount of pre-production for virtual shoots almost like triples because Mm -hmm. to Alicia's point earlier, we're doing a lot of calls with people and it takes a lot more bandwidth for us to make sure everyone's set up correctly, even down to like the space that they're filming in. So Alicia, can you talk to me a little bit about what the pre-production process is like and how those extra steps, you touched on them a little earlier, but, um, what's made us successful in these virtual shoots? Absolutely. That's, that's a really good point <laughs> because we always put a lot of effort into pre-production, but with virtual shoots, it's definitely a different beast. Um, mostly because everything is out of our control. Um, the only thing that's really in our control is the equipment that we're sending them. Um, and then that final edit. So, I mean, we're not there on set to help them, you know, set up their equipment Um, or anything like that. And I had a shoot uh, where we had a client who needed to read it off a teleprompter. Um, And so I wasn't there to help her set it up. Um, So we had a lot of calls, a lot of video calls about how to set up the prompter, how to get the app working. Um, So it just takes a little bit more like nurturing, I would say, um, for virtual shoots, um, which is good because, you know, it's good to be thorough. Um, But I, I don't know, I have to say I've learned a lot from Todd. Um, But one of the things that I've learned from him that I will never forget is if something pops in your head of, Ooh, I should, maybe I should reach out to that person or maybe I should check in with them or I should do this. um, It's you're probably having that thought for a reason. I think triple checking, not even like double checking, but triple checking that everything's working well um, just really makes the actual production day that much easier for you. Um, So I would just say like over communicating, um, not being worried about like being annoying 
um, because they probably appreciate it because this is a whole new world for them as well. Um, normally they're used to having us there with them. Um, so it's different for the client. So I think just over communicating, um, reaching out to them, you know, I think is, is beneficial too. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I think for a lot of us, I think all of us producers and some of our video team were very type A control freaks who, you know, especially when we're on set, we know what has to happen, how it works. And when right. it's virtual, you're, you hit the nail in the head. We lose all control and we're trying to explain things and you have to be such a good communicator to those people mm -hmm. in another state with their laptop. And yeah, it's, it's been trying. <laughs> right. I mean, and even, even with Wi-Fi connection, like I've had to, I've had to tell people, Hey, I know your kids are at home, but like, they can't use the Wi-Fi right now. <laughs> like yeah. no Fortnite, no nothing. Like they, I need you just using the Wi-Fi. And then I had another client, um, where his kids were playing the piano and I was like, I'm so sorry. I have to do this, but I need them to stop playing. The piano. <laughs> I felt like a monster, but it's just, it's just those things that you need to do. Um, yeah to have more control over the environment. And you feel, you almost feel like you're overstepping because they're in someone's home. You're right. It's right. like, stop telling your kids or tell your kids not to practice <laughs> yeah. piano right now. I, like, know. I was like, oh, horrible. I never thought I'd ever tell someone this. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, I always, if I notice like they have some crazy background noise, like pets or kids or something, I always just like relate it to my situation because having dogs, it's like sometimes they act up and like it's during meetings and there's nothing you can do. It's like, oh no, I totally get it. My dogs, I'm surprised they're not barking right now. <laughs> just like kind of put right. them at ease because I feel like they get really overwhelmed with having to do everything and so when you like stop them and be like hey that was really great but like I hear some background noise you kind of have to I mean I feel like I don't know if you feel this way Alicia and Sarah but you almost have to like over um what's the word I'm looking for um just like make them feel comfortable you have to like do more yeah. that way because you're not in person and so they're mm -hmm. not able to get that vibe from you it's it's harder but and that goes back to the relationship building, because I think mm -hmm. to your point, Wesley, making them feel at ease and having that relatable conversation with them will help building that relationship when you can't be in person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so what are some pros and cons then? What are your opinions of pros and cons of remote productions? Oh, man, there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with pros. What are some things that we yeah. love about remote video productions? I would say having the option, just having the option to do it is great. Um, and they usually, they usually turn out really nice. So, I mean, mm -hmm. having the option to do it um, and also feeling prepared. I think when this whole pandemic thing, um, you know, happened, we weren't really sure exactly what we were going to do and what we were going to use, what equipment. And now that we have a system, um, it's like, I feel much more comfortable with it. So I think having the option to do it is just a positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and for our clients, it, it can be a little cheaper. You know, you're not flying out a whole crew and focusing on what they're going to eat, where they're going to stay, like that whole process. So um, yeah, it's a little bit more budget friendly option. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, Wesley. I agree. Um, because some, some shoots, you know, if you're doing like a patient testimonial and you want to get some really beautiful B-roll, um, you know, she has like a family that you want to get like capture that with. That's that's something that you would obviously want to do in person, of course. Um, but if it's something simple as maybe like a promo video, like a simple interview with a KOL, 
um, that's something that, you know, could easily be done um, and not hurt the budget too much either. So that's a good point. Exactly. And I think, uh, Alicia, you touched on one earlier. I could say it's a pro and a con, but it's access to those key KOLs or key opinion leaders when they are so busy or they're, you know, they can't travel to a shoot or whatnot. Like you can easily just set up a remote. I say easily because we'll touch on the con in a moment, but easily set up an interview with them um, and get content quicker than necessarily waiting for a conference like we have to do or um, flying to their office and waiting for them to be available. But to go back to the pre-pro conversation, it does take a lot more time than just like, hey, Mr. Jones, sit here and we're going to interview you. Now it's, we got to help you set up your laptop and your, your microphone and the whole system. And it actually takes more time on the KOL shoulders than just mm-hmm. sitting down at an interview. So what are yeah, then some sure. cons for remote video production? Yeah. The, like the con you just brought up, I think is a huge one is that it definitely is not, we're not taking care of our interviewee as much as we would love to, you know, uh, we're not powdering their noses, making sure their lights are perfect, their mic is set up perfect. It's kind of on them. So I think that that is something that the interviewee or presenter in this situation has to know going in and be okay with that. Like, um, I know I've worked with some people who aren't super tech savvy, so that's totally fine if they have somebody who is. Because uh, the last thing I want is for them to get frustrated with everything that we have to do because you know we want to as a producer we we kind of push a little bit to get the best that we can get um and so it's knowing those limits you know but it's different situation when they're having to do a lot of the work so that's that's a con for me and i think um also uh, you mentioned earlier sarah that we're kind of type a people so losing control (laughs) in situations like that that that's hard on me (laughs) i struggle with it but i I couldn't agree more it's it's a it's um a good test of patience sometimes, but it, you know, it's how it has to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we have to rely. I think what I think of is we have to rely so much on the technology not to fail, not to like. There's it's hard to have backups, and so sometimes we have to be doing it twice, or you know, taking a lot of time from people. And you're you're relying on is their Wi-Fi good? Do they even have like an Ethernet cable to plug into their computer? Like, there's so many factors on their end that we just have zero control over. So you both are completely right. So I guess the next question then is what videos are good for remote productions? And then which ones would you recommend that we actually shoot in person and you have a crew out there and what are more valuable to have those shot? Well, in my opinion, I would say for remote shoots, the more simple, the better. Um, nothing super intricate. Uh, like I said, like just simple talking to camera interview style, even videos like this, um, really good for virtual. If you just want to do like a round table discussion, um, with a moderator, I think that could really work. But, um, in my opinion, being in person for those videos that you really want to have emotion, um, and beautiful visuals of like B-roll footage, um, and just like a really beautiful setup, um, I think is definitely worth it having in person. So like I, like I mentioned earlier, patient testimonials, KOL testimonials. Um, let's say you have a medical device that you want to get some beautiful B-roll footage of. Let's say it's a scripted video, definitely in person. Um, but I mean, there's, there's a give and take for it. It's re- really just comes down to what the need is. 
Um, and I think that WireBuzz does a really good job of being like, yes, virtual shoot is great for this or no, we should be there in person. Absolutely. Um, you know, get the budget to do it and we should definitely come out there. Um, and just, I mean, for, for the dignity of the video um, and the goal and where it's going to live, is it going to be on your website? Is it going to be on your homepage? Definitely want to have some beautiful 4K, 6K, 8K footage, um, whatever it may be. Um, so I guess it, it just comes down to what what is the need there. Um, and I, like I said, I think Wirebuzz does a really good job of, um, you know, consulting in that manner. Absolutely. Wesley, any thoughts? No, I, I couldn't agree more with what Alicia was saying about where it's going to live or what use it's going to have. You know, is it a commercial? Is it your homepage video? Those are really major videos and it might be in your best interest to have a crew take care of everything and do an in-person shoot if you can um, versus like testimonials, things like that could definitely be a remote shoot. But yeah, it definitely comes down to where is this video going to live and what do you need it to do? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that leads me to another question of obviously a crew in person more than likely is going to film a much higher quality video content, but do remote recordings necessarily mean a reduction in quality? Yeah. Quality is, is hit or miss sometimes on these virtual shoots. It's like sometimes you're working with somebody who uh, is, is okay with doing the microphone, the external microphone and the external webcam. Sometimes people are just like, no, we don't need that. You know, it happens. And, and that's just going to decrease the quality a little bit, not having those sorts of things. Another thing to consider with these virtual shoots is that you're probably just gonna have one camera angle that's like straight on shot here versus when we have a crew out there, you might have like a second camera off to the side and we could take those different shots however we want. Just kind of adds a little bit of production value. Um, so those are things that might decrease the quality a bit, but you can definitely still have a really nice quality video doing a remote, a remote shoot. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a really good point, Wesley. And I think it also comes down to setting that expectation with the client in the beginning, which is what we do. Um, we're like, Hey, you know, we're happy to do a virtual shoot, but it's not going to look like we were there in person with two cameras and an audio guy and, you know, our entire crew. So and, you know, our, our sales team and like our marketing team, we're so good about sending them examples and, you know, being like, hey, here's here's what a virtual shoot looks like. And here's what a live action in person shoot looks like. Um, so I think also setting that expectation, if the client is expecting it to look like a virtual shoot, um, then I think you're pretty much in the clear there as long as you make it known ahead of time, mm -hmm. if that makes yeah. sense. Aligning expectations is key, I think, in these right. because uh you don't want them to, and usually they, they do understand that, but you don't want them to expect that 4k quality video yeah. on their right. webcam. Um, and I do want to touch on some of our tips and tricks for these long distance shoots and keeping those client relationships healthy. But um, for those listening, I don't think we really touched on exactly how we do execute the remote video shoots. Um, but at a high level, um, we send out a kit of equipment, usually through either a wire buzz, we'll send it to them, but it has a webcam, a microphone, and what else am I missing, guys? Yeah, usually webcam, microphone, uh, background cool. if it's yeah, needed. Yeah, yeah ring light. Yeah, ring light for um, in front of the camera, we usually send out, and then full instructions as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then I even send out a wardrobe document, of 
course. Um, I mean, usually you're only seeing like from here up, but I'm like, don't wear tomato red. <laughs> we have to do this below. over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Anchorman below. You can wear pajamas on the bottom, but it's got to be solid on top. So I yeah. even send out a wardrobe document. Um, I always like to know if they have glasses um, because if they have a ring light, it can, you know, sometimes look tricky. You can see mm -hmm. the camera and the ring light and the reflection. So I like to know if they wear glasses just to prepare for that. Um, yeah, those are some of my, my tips. And you guys also walk them through or kind of do a little apartment or house tour for helping them find the right location to film. Talk through a little bit about that, Wesley. Yeah, no, I normally ask them to find a location that might have some good natural light. Uh, a lot of times I notice they'll, they'll think to like sit at their kitchen table or something and they have like this beautiful window behind them. I'm like, no, flip it. You know, we want that window to be in front of you. Um, also, I work with a lot of people on just kind of like cleaning up the background a little bit, you know, sometimes it's a little cluttered or it's just, it's not as like what we're looking for professional wise. So uh, that's something we work on a lot. We like to have something with a bit of dimension, not necessarily just a blank wall, um, things like that. So we just kind of work through it. And I've had a lot of people be like, well, I just don't have that spot in my house. And like, we will make it work. <laughs> we'll find a spot and we'll move a table or a plant in, or we'll change this. We'll make it work. Don't worry. It might be a little weird. You might be like in the corner of your room, but uh, the shot's going to look great. <laughs> I remember having a, having one and it was like a white wall and I asked if they had artwork and they had like one dinky little thing in their entire house. And I was like, okay, we'll make this work. It's fine. Um, no, those are great tips um, for everyone listening in because those are very important for shooting and the quality of content that you're going to get and the quality of video that you'll get from those remote. May I, may I also say that plants are great I can see that behind you, Alicia. I know. There you go, right? Um, yeah, I, I find like if one of my tips also is if the background is looking a little funky, um, I'm always like, hey, do you happen to have a house plant? And usually if I'm lucky, they do. Um, and then it just like it adds a little bit of brightness uh, and life and like interesting, uh, mm -hmm. interesting stuff to the shot. So that's a that's a good one, too, I'd say. That is a good one. Awesome. Um, so what are some tips and tricks you guys have for those, keeping those long distance relationships with clients, you know, happy, healthy, communicative. Um, I know Alicia, you talked about how most of our clients are nationwide. So we are used to, I don't think we, I think we rarely have in-person client meetings, even back in the day. So we're used to having these virtual relationships with our clients, but um, what are some tips and tricks that you do Alicia to keep those relationships fresh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say always be willing to hop on a phone call um, is super important. I always, always, always offer to talk live. Um, and in my emails, I'll be like, feel free to text or call me if you need anything urgent. So I think keeping that line of communication open um, and just letting them know, hey, you can reach out to me, like if there's anything that you need or any questions that come up. Um, I love over communicating because it also makes me not go crazy. <laughs> Because <laughs> then I like I like need to know that everything is going as planned. Um, so I would say like just over communicating, making sure that line of communication is open for them to contact you directly um, is just super important. And um, yeah, and I also I like making checklists. Uh, that's just kind of how I operate. Um, so I think that helps me as well. Keep keep track of what I need to talk to the client about on our calls. Um, and then, you know, Wirebuzz is, we're really big fans of weekly calls as well, um, mm -hmm. if necessary. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that be weekly or biweekly, 
um, just having those touch base. So. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah, those really, calls are even just, Hey, we have no update, but how you doing? Because yeah, how's, you know, how was your weekend? How was your weekend? Yeah, how's totally. the weather over there? Because it's always sunny here, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, those standing weekly calls, I think are really helpful for building that relationship and that rapport because it's a weekly basis. You're talking to them, not just when the next stage of the process is going to start happening. So those have been really helpful. I think on our end for building those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love those weekly calls. I like doing um, an email before the weekly call, like the day before too, with just like a little rundown of where we're at, especially if we're working on a lot of projects together mm-hmm. and then normally some sort of like debrief, email afterwards especially if we talked about a lot of things absolutely do either of you or have either of you send personalized videos to clients I know I have in the past um just little hey how you doing I think we did it more when we were in the office and had something to like show them behind the scenes but I think sending personalized videos is really an underutilized uh, tactic in relationship building especially in business um so have either of you done that with your clients I, I've sent a few. Yeah, I, I really enjoy doing it because one, it doesn't take a long time to do. And when they actually watch it and reply, they're stoked about mm-hmm. it. Um, I would say the most recent one I did was for a client. We were shooting a commercial um, and the client couldn't be on set with us, um, unfortunately. But we were shooting local in Scottsdale, so it wasn't virtual. But um, I just sent her a video. Hey, it's Alicia. We're on set. Um, everything's going really well. This is the shot we're capturing. We should be wrapped in about an hour. I just want to send you a little update. Um, and she just was like, you're so awesome. She was like, thank you so much. Um, because since they can't always be on set, um, especially if maybe we're shooting in Arizona or something, um, it's just nice to keep them updated because they're probably wondering. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to leave people wondering because I don't like to be left wondering. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think sending those personalized videos and just like quick updates, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, whatever is really, really helpful. You're right. Cause if it's by text, it doesn't take long at all. It's like record a no. 15 second video and then send it off to them and boom, you're done. It doesn't have to be this yeah. overly produced thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that Alicia. I haven't done um, a video cause I normally have a client on set, but I've done a live streaming during uh, a shooting just to keep them in the loop and, uh, just so they could like pop in whenever and just check on how things are going. So yeah, I like that. I like using either one of those options just to make them feel involved for sure. Yeah. And one of the other things that we've started uh, utilizing is a project management software that enables collaboration between us and the client um, directly on the deliverable. So whether it's a video or a print or even a script, um, we can mark up the document within that platform. And it also keeps everything contained into one space. So our team can all see those different notes from the the client side and our side, and even the clients can collaborate with each other within that platform. And we can see their discussions and be all on the same page instead of just getting snippets here and there. So I think that helps everyone collaborate virtually as well. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. What do you think our most successful remote video productions been and what did we do that made it run so smoothly uh in my opinion my most successful shoot was uh the virtual shoot with bennington properties um it was super fun i love them they're so great to work with um and yeah it just went really well setting up the teleprompter was a little bit tricky but the footage ended up turning out like really great um, and both Robert and Jessica, who we were working with, um, did a great job reading off, to tel- off the teleprompter. It can feel a little unnatural sometimes, especially when you're doing it from your laptop and your phone. But I think it turned out beautifully. Jessica even went to Lowe's and bought a plant. 
um, which was not required, uh, but it made me super happy. Um, and then we did another one actually with Boston Scientific. Um, and it was kind of a, I guess, roundtable interview or discussion um, with two KOLs. And that just turned out beautiful. We made like a whole uh, Boston Scientific branded background um, and slapped it in there on with post um, and they're inserted their logo. So it was customized to them. It was, it was really cool. I've had a good run with a series with Verona Health. Um, we've done employee videos, like basically employee introduction videos with over 15 employees. And so doing it virtually has obviously been a tremendous help instead of sending a crew out for each one. These people are, are all over the country. Um, they all have different work schedules and lives. Like a lot of them are really high up at the company. Um, so having that virtual shoot option has worked out very well in that regard. Are there any projects that come to mind that are more of a lessons learned type situation? Yes. <laughs> I had, it was my first virtual shoot um, and I was already pretty nervous about pivoting to like this new lifestyle of doing uh, virtual shoots. And we were using Zoom um, and it's crucial, just some background for our listeners and viewers. It's crucial that we record in 1080p resolution because that is the resolution which we edit at. Um, so if you're recording in a smaller resolution and you bump that up to 1080, it's going to look really pixelated, really blurry. It's not going to look good at all. Um, so my first virtual shoot, we were recording with Zoom. Um, and I felt that I did everything I could in order to prepare and make sure that it was recording at the resolution it was supposed to. Um, but unfortunately, it turns out it was recording at 720. Um, and I found that out after, um, you know, we finished the recording, I exported it. Um, and I was just heartbroken. I was like, dang, I was like, this is this is not ideal. Now I have to go back to the client and, you know, come up with a solution. Um, but I did, I went back to her with a solution, not just the problem. Um, and, you know, I was willing to obviously like work late into the evening or around the KOL's time. Um, and it ended up working well, we actually pivoted from Zoom to QuickTime. Um, this was before our experience with StreamYard. So we used QuickTime and it ended up working out fine. And thankfully it wasn't a very long video either, um, which helped. So um, and wasn't yeah, that, that was... it was something that we learned about Zoom, wasn't it? That if a recording went over a certain amount of time or length, then it would yes. automatically downgrade to 720 or yeah, 720. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that part. That was I think that was the issue problem was I think we went over I think it was 20 minutes or 25 minutes. Don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, and then it just like downgrades it. So um, but the client was super understanding and uh, as was the talent, uh, which was great. So we, we read it out in quick time it ended up turning out really well. But that first trial, I was just ugh, I was not feeling good about that. <laughs> ugh. And it's always those weird technical quirks that because we had all the settings and we were all confused on our end about did we mess something up? But yeah, right. we finally researched enough where it's like, oh, that's an automatic setting. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, it's new territory. I think that's really just what it comes down to is just being in that new territory and totally unfamiliar with it. Um, so but now we have other solutions. Um, obviously, we use StreamYard a lot and QuickTime works well, too. So mm -hmm. we have we have a solid solution and a backup um, just in case something doesn't work with StreamYard. So mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. I've had some interesting situations where the, the person I'm working with, the interviewee is doing something with their feet underneath the desk, like kicking a trash can or a wall or like fiddling with a pen or some paper next to them. And you can't see that. 
Whereas, you know, if you're at, at an actual location shooting, you can see anything or remove anything from the, that might, they might fidget with, you know? Um, and so I've had a lot of interviews where I've been like, do you hear that sound? Like I, you're talking, I hear this like thudding sound or this like paper, rust, paper rustling sound. Like, what is that? And they're like, oh, I'm doing that. I'm like, oh, okay. I can hear it. So you mind stopping doing that if you can? I know it's really uncomfortable and you want to like fidget and do things, but yeah. But, so those are interesting moments. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> so many lessons learned. And yes. I mean, I hopefully uh, we've given some of our clients and listeners some great tips on remote video productions um, and making those long distance agency relationships successful. So thank you for joining me, ladies. Thanks for having me. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. We'll have to do this more often. Yes. Um, And on that note, everyone, stay tuned for the next episode of Video Marketing Mastery with the team here at Wirebuzz. And if you have any questions related to this episode, or if you need any help using video to align your sales and marketing, don't hesitate to reach out to any of us or the team. We can't wait to be your best friend in growth. I got to do it. Boom. 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 <laughs>